He played carol gun. His rating was higher. But from move seventeen, the king's side was mine. Took my chances fast. My rook was a knife, and my almighty queen a beast on each six. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ladies' Night, the official podcast of U.S. Chess Women. I'm your host Jennifer Chahadi, and you are listening to the artist Huga of HugaMusica.com, and that is a song that certainly captured my heart. Oh, Capablanca, and oh, what a season it's been for chess. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Ladies' Night. I'm Jennifer Shahadi, and I am here live from the site of the U.S. Open with Maureen Grimaud, the chair of the U.S. Chess Women's Committee. Welcome to the show, Maureen. Thank you very much. So happy to be here. Now, you have been the chair of the Women's Committee for how many years? Four years. Four years. And we have come so far under your leadership. We've had a growth in women's membership. There are amazing regional events now, the famous girls club room. I want to kick off the interview with a quote from Sports Illustrated in which you said, it's a numbers game. It's a total and complete numbers game. What the women's committee is trying to do is to grow the base. And this quote was in reference to why there are fewer women who play chess and there are fewer women at the top. That's correct. And can you explain a little bit what you meant by that and what you've been doing to widen that base? I have a business background. And so I look at a nonprofit or for-profit business pretty much the same. The only difference is what the revenues are coming in, what expenses are going out, but it's still the same concept. And when I look at U.S. chess and I saw so few females playing chess, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out why is that so and what can we do to get those numbers? In order for them to have really top-notch players, we've got to have a base or a pool to extract them from. So in order for us to really uh, target our market or target our audience, we've got to hone in on what steps to do that in. And so um, just basically it's a business model, business plan that we started out with four years ago. And it it was uh, our women's committee that we had We started with four years ago. A lot of them are still with us. And we have just had, we've had a fun ride in the four years we've been together. Really thoroughly have enjoyed it. But to answer your question, we had um, rolling out a business plan. First of all, where is our mission? What's our true mission? What are we responsible for here as a women's committee? So that's what we were looking at. And so because of that, we came up with, well, we want to empower and encourage women, empowering women and girls through chess. Now, when we looked at that, first thing we did, we went and, um, we started out at the Great Nationals, I remember, in 2015 in Orlando, Florida. Where we are right now. Where Exactly, where we were. In fact, I'm not sure if it was the same hotel or not, but I do remember Frank Guadalupe was the executive director at that time of events. And, and Frank was so, so wonderful to work with. 
And we asked him, could we get a, um, a table or a committee table out in front of the hallway to see so that people would recognize or uh, start asking questions? And so we did. And the people that were coming up were asking, who are you and what are you doing here? And we said, we're here to encourage more females to come and play chess. And they said, well, how are you going to do that? And I said, that's why I'm glad you're here, because we want to hear from you. You tell us, what are your needs? What can we do for you to help you grow women, women and girls, or girls at that time, in your area? So we ended up creating these town hall meetings. So essentially out of that, we had our first town hall meeting. The first thing we talked about, there were about 80 people there. And it was parents, players, supporters, coaches, vendors, everybody there. And they were very interested about how are you going to get females coming to play chess? Because when they go back home, there's nobody. And, um, and I said, well, one of the things is, let's think about this. In order for us to get females, it's not just we've been focusing so much on the players, but in order for us to get more female players, from a business plan standpoint, let's focus on every female in every part of the U.S. chess organization. That's including female arbiters, female coaches, moms, supporters, dads that support females. Let's focus on growth on them so that they focus then on the female players and encouraging them to come in. And I, you could see light bulbs going off. I think that's brilliant. And you know what's funny? We, we've, we've unveiled this amazing U.S. Chess Women logo and merchandise. Amazing, obviously, a little biased as the women's program director. But one thing I really noticed is that especially with some of the gear, like the hats, mm -hmm. you know who likes them the most? The men. Because <laughs> they think it's cool, like supporting female empowerment. It doesn't say that you're a girl. And even if you were, why would that be bad? It says, yeah, hey, I, hey, tough guy. I, I like to support girls and women. And it's amazing to see how our culture has shifted so much. But I mean, I just gave one of those hats to one of the Denker co-champions, Emily Nguyen. But one of her co-champions, Bryce Tiglon, who actually won on tie break, he was like, no, let, let me wear the hat for the photo. <laughs> and I got to tell you, Maureen, I don't think that kind of thing would have happened, you know, even 10 years ago. Oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, even four years ago, so many people were uh, talking to us or asking us, what are you doing here? What is your purpose here? And I, and I had to go back and say, look, we're just trying to grow the numbers. That's all we're doing. But in order to grow those numbers, we got to have a business plan. But in order to have a business plan, we also have to have an infrastructure. And that means we have to have the support of everybody, not just females, but all male and females in all so that we're supporting not just that female player, but the female who's working behind the scenes, the female that's in the back office, the mom that's bringing their sons, the dads that are supporting their daughters coming in. And this really, really, really helps grow exponentially then the rate or the count of number of girls and number of girls players, but not only the number count of girl players, but the numbers in general across the board. That means look how much of an increase there are in female coaches, female arbiters, female organizers, yeah, and a lot of men. 
too, helping with that. The leadership is phenomenal. Now, you say you have a business background. What business background do you have? We run um, franchises. What kind of franchise? It's automotive service franchises. And we cover a number of them in um, in different parts of the United States. And so that's all I was doing was just taking basic business principles and just applying it here because when I came into this four years ago, I really didn't have a lot of instructions or, you know, of what to do, but I had some, but it was, I looked at it as this is a white canvas and we, and the sky is the limit as far as what we, what we can and what we would like to do. And this is why the committee that we've had for four years, we've had more players or more people come on to the committee, but that base has been such a good, good pool to gather ideas. So each time we would get together, we just brain dump. I call it brain dump or brainstorming. And some of the ideas that came out of that were incredible because even if we couldn't do it there at the national level, they would take it out locally, go back to their regions. We have people in a six time zones, but it was so much fun because we really wanted to get the perspective from all different angles of how to help and grow women and girls. And when I say women, Women is probably like the last frontier to get is get that growth. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we've you and I have talked about this a lot. We have fourteen percent ish, maybe a little bit higher because some people don't report report whether they're male or female. You know, as somebody who really respects that not everybody identifies on the gender binary, I still would encourage everybody who does identify as a female to make sure you are registered as a female for the U.S. chess if you're comfortable with that. And the reason is that it really helps us. It helps us if we know how many women and girls are out there, if that's how they identify, because it can get us, you know, more sponsorships, more support and more growth. You know, if, if girls and women see that there are more, they're more comfortable joining in. Uh, but to your point, 14%, but those numbers are usually a lot better at the youth level. And then when you see really sometimes single digit numbers, sorry to say, is the adult level, you know, 20 to 50. And it actually kind of sees another uptick in the senior women level sometimes. But that age where you see a lot of women starting careers and starting families, there is a big drop off. So what do we do about that? This is actually who I was inspired by in our in our committee and and this was a group group think again in what we figured where is the easiest to strike? Strike where the iron is hot, but strike in the right places. So where we get the most bang for our buck. Where would we get the most drawn, most attention? And we thought nationals. All the national tournaments we have people from coming in from all over the United States, if we were able to house or have just a protective room for just girls, they could come and play, they could come and enjoy, they could come in and meet one another. That became a stable, and now it is a stable, after four years that um, girls and parents and supporters, they love the girls' club room. Oh, they God, keep coming yeah. back and they return. And we see the same parents coming back with their daughters saying, oh, I'm so happy you're here. I love the girls' club room. I have to say it's, it's a huge thing for me because when I was a girl playing chess, I actually quit for a few years because there were no other girls. And I was lucky because I had a family who played chess. So when I was ready to hop back in, I had some support. I was still within the chess culture. But if I wasn't, 
I think I would have just been gone. And by the time I got back into it in high school, I was more comfortable with like hanging out with boys. And sometimes it actually became kind of fun to be the only girl. But there's that age range where it's not so fun to be the only girl. And these girls club rooms, they allow the girls to make friendships. But I think my favorite story from one of the girls clubs rooms was in Nashville where we had like a five, a six-year-old. So she was in the kindergarten section and her mom told us, you know, she loves the girls club room, but last round she was up a rook and she took a draw because she wanted to get to the girls club room <laughs> and play and play the simul with you and Carolina. You want to tell that to too many people. <laughs> Win your game first. Play like a girl, win your game, and then, you know, then yeah. come join us. Yeah. Now we hear story after story after story and parents continuously come up and thank us and emails and, uh, just to describe what the girls club room is, what it is, is it's a haven, safe haven for girls and their parents and their coaches to come in after they're done with their round. They come in and we have board sets set up. We have things. Now, this is off the chart. This is, we call it out of the box thinking, which I love. I love creating and innovating. We love that. That was all part of the brain dumping sessions that we came up with these ideas. We had dress up things like boas and painting the nails, something where girls could come together, bond, enjoy each other and meet one another and then exchange phone numbers and text from that to ta stacking towers to doing bug house. We had the human chessboard. Yeah, shout out to the Altons in Florida yes. who did a great job. And Kimberly, who was a, and Sabrina. So many great volunteers. And then, of course, we have some of the top women players in the country coming into these girls' club yes. rooms to give simuls like Katerina Nimsova, Carolina Blanco, Sabina Foyser, Nazi Pekidzi has been involved, Irina Crash, of course, myself. Um, but I got to go back because I do. You know, ladies night, we don't shy away from controversy. So I do want to talk about the painting nails thing because I think this is a very interesting topic. There's nothing wrong with being girly. I feel that you can be a very feminine girl who likes traditionally feminine things like makeup and nails and be a killer in chats, <laughs> right? Yep, yep. You can be an yep. awesome, you know, rock star chess player and like all these girly things. But some people think if you always associate girls or women with pink and makeup, maybe some people feel offended. So what do you say to that person who's like, just because I'm a girl or woman, I want to make female friends, but that doesn't mean that I want to have my nails painted. You know, here's the thing. It's it's equality for all. This is what I love. You know, we've touched on that and we've touched on other topics and some very serious topics. But you know what? To us, we look at it as this. If they're human, they should play chess. <laughs> and if they come in with pink nails or if they, you know, if they don't like pink nails or if they, it, it doesn't matter. They're there to socialize, to have fun, to connect with each other and, and to form uh, lasting relationships. That's the whole purpose of the girls club room. And, and that, now that is at the more of the elementary level. But when they get to junior high, we have the uh, grade nationals, the national uh, high school, the national junior high, and the national elementary. So when we are at the junior high, we temper it a little bit. And same thing with the high school. So we try to adjust to, you know, the ages of the of the girls. So like at, in junior high, we've had um, colleges come in. We've Skyped. We've had Skype sessions at the junior and high school level where they're meeting a real chess player 
that's going to college somewhere, and they talk about chess life. We just had this. Stephanie Pitcher, who's a, yes. in the House of Representatives in Utah. I really think that um, the, the bottom line is if you go to a girls' club room, there will be a lot of different things for you to do. There will be some dress-up or makeup activities, but there's also the main focus is getting you better at chess and allowing yes. you to meet other and top players and exactly. girls. And that's why we have the Grandmaster uh, Female Women International Masters there. Carolina Blanco has been a godsend. She's been there to help us pretty much all the way back to four years ago. And she does this and volunteers her time. She was a guest on Ladies Night a couple months ago. And one of my favorite things that she did was a suggestion of um, Gabrielle Mosier um, to do a chess lesson in Spanish. Oh, I know. That's great. That's wonderful. Oh, and, and while they're there, they always have snacks. So when they come off a game and they come in and they're tired, they're hungry... We give them snacks. We give them. Um, we've given them uh, chess puzzles to analyze. They've done different things. They've gotten prizes for the uh, different things from the bookstores. And um, we're so appreciative that U.S. Chess, uh, the the bookstore, has come up with new swag for women and girls, which is fabulous because. Four years ago, there was very, very little out there for females. So as we have seen the numbers grow and as they participate, we like to, we really want to grow with that and keep accommodating for, for as more um, girls come in. But also we really, really want a strong push for adult females because here's how we look at it. There are all these moms that are out there and they're just sitting there. They're just ready to learn how to play. You have a lot of moms sitting there in the girls' club room. Well, we just decided let's pull three boards and let them all play, but let's do the group think so that not any one lady feels intimidated about knowing what to move next. So white, black move. We all decide what would you like to do? What's the best next move? And then all the ladies chime in. And by the time they got down to the third board, everybody was chiming in, giving their answers. No, 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 they should move the palm here and they should move the knight there. What happened was it went from these ladies doing absolutely nothing to now all of a sudden they were interested in learning how to play chess. I love it. I mean, it's just, it's it's really fantastic. I think that there's a lot of hurdles to getting adults to play chess. But the funny thing is, and you do this, and we do this with the surveys in the girls' clubs rooms and having such great extroverted people talking to the women and the players, the thing is, if you want to find out why people aren't playing chess, all you got to do is ask them. I mean, that is something I, I thought came out really brilliantly in Jenny Schweitzer's video, Girls in Chess, which was partly inspired by a girls club room because she um, encountered you guys in Florida and kind of had this light bulb mo moment of making a video to show both the celebrations and the challenges of Girls in Chess. But what really struck me about the video, which I was proud to executive produce with Richard Schifrin, was that the girls themselves, even though they were very young, were so articulate in, in describing why it was hard to be a girl in chess. So it's not like you had to talk to some academic to explain why it was difficult or run a study. You literally just ask them. And I think with adults, it's even clearer. If you tell them why are you not gravitating towards this, what's difficult, you ask them and you find out. And I think that that's like something that I am really inspired in by your approach. How we look at it is, is and this is my business hat back on, and that is I look at this as these are our potential clients. 
They live outside of the chess world. They don't know how to play chess. In fact, every single one of the ladies, the first thing I asked was, who knows how to play chess? No lady raised their hand. I said, oh, come on. I know you have been at these tournaments because if you're at a national high school tournament, I know that your daughters <laughs> have been to more than one tournament. And they, then I said, oh, I'm going to ask you again. How many, how many know how to play chess? And you see these hands slowly being raised. And they did. Six, five out of the six actually did know how to play. They, and they all chimed in. All of them chimed and said, but we're not good. We're not good. I said, that's not the point. Chess is supposed to be a fun game to enjoy. It's a, it's a, it's a game that should be for everybody. Here's the kick, Jennifer. A lot of this, that is where we get our base. It's the numbers. It's all about numbers because out of that rises the numbers of the base. If you create a fun atmosphere, if you create an atmosphere, the client that they really enjoy and they want and they come back for more to play chess, out of that, I guarantee you, those numbers then that rise higher, that want to play and continue to play, they only get better. They just continue to get better. But that might not have ever happened if they didn't have that first step into the doorway. I think that's a brilliant way to look at it. Like potential chess players, especially adults who have you know potentially more disposable income than you know a child who is being uh, driven by their parents. It's really a, a great way to look at it as these as potential clients. And you know, speaking of that, for those of you listening to this podcast, and you know, we do take feedback like. I don't think everything I've done or the Women's Committee or U.S. Chess has done is perfect. We got some feedback that there was too much pink in the girls' club room. You know what? We took out some of the pink chess sets and we kept some of them for the girls that wanted them. And then we added more traditional ones for the ones who really just thought that color was distracting as they were trying to think. So it's not only about getting it right. It's about listening. It really is. Sometimes we think we know what's best when really we should be asking a lot of questions to the actual people. And every time we sit in that in, in those girls club rooms, and I do want to big give a huge shout out to, to Kim, Kimberly Do. She has been another person that has been consistent in helping volunteer in that room. We just want to appreciate uh, what she has done and helping and some of the other ladies too on our committees and all these other people that have helped around the country at some form, at some time in those four years. We have to find out, and each time we talk to a parent, each time we talk to a child, we ask them, what is it that you want? What draws you to chess? What is it that makes you want to come back to a club, back to your local club and play again? And same thing to the women. We ask the women, if you had nothing to feel ashamed about, would you come and play chess? And they said, well, if we didn't feel like we were intimidated, yes, we would. We'd love to play. And I said, well, that's great. Women like to play together. It's like a group, kind of a game. And I know I'm throwing all caution to win here. You know, we think of as chess players, we think of the top winners, you know, the grandmasters and people one-on-one -on -one playing across the board, you know, and you have to be quiet in order to play chess. And yes, you do. You do have to do that. But if you're going to try and grow the base and bring in more people into playing the game of chess. These are ways we're, we're looking at and doing that. And as they come in, those numbers are much larger. But then out of that, if you continue and keep working with them, they learn how to play. And then pretty soon, all of a sudden, they want to start playing in tournaments. 
that's when they play one-on-one and get serious with the game. And I don't think this is limited to women and girls, by the way. The social networking aspect of the game is so prominent all the way to the very top. I think it's important for me to say that because when I when I talk about relationships in chess and how forming friendships and having party-like atmospheres at chess tournaments is important, I, I want people to know that it's not just because oh, I think that girls aren't as intellectual and they just need to be induced by parties. No, actually, this is true across the board. Even at the very highest levels, you can see that um, a lot of socialization happens. It's a lot about the fun of traveling all over the world and you know, hanging out with your friends and getting to go to Brazil. That was my first international tournament and where I was really hooked. And it wasn't like, oh, I was hooked on both the experience and also the game. So it's not either or. I mean, where are you going to go to an event where you're going to meet people from countries you can, you, you never even knew existed and you're meeting people from all over the world that you, you always want to hear about where these places are and they're standing right in front of you. They could tell you, you know, uh, as you talk with these people, uh, families and players and coaches, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful environment. And it's such a good learning environment. One criticism I sometimes get is from people is they say, well, fewer girls and women play chess, but who cares? Maybe they just like it less. Why is that a problem? What would you say to naysayers who say that? I say the environment for women, and this is what I hear all the time, and this is not coming from the naysayers. This is coming from the females, and the females are stating, because there are no other females around, I drop out. I love to play the game, but I can't find anybody to come play. And I said, but you know what? If you want to learn, and if you want to bring, if you want more players, female players, you go out there and you recruit. There are so many. This is what's so exciting, Jen, is to see these young, young female players going out and recruiting and they're teaching their own peers and they become clubs and they become their own organizations. It's the same thing for adults too. They could do the same thing and they do. Some of them are doing that now. To say to the naysayers, I guess I would say you're looking at it from a different paradigm. From a female paradigm, this is why you have to ask a lot of questions. If you ask the mom and you ask the, the adult female and you ask the, uh, the female, the, the child, and ask them, what is it that you really want to see? In your ideal world of playing chess, what would you like to see? Right. Fill right. in the blank and then we try to accommodate. Yeah, exactly. So rather than saying they don't like it and that's okay, well, maybe we could create a world in which they would like it more. And that's not just good for them. That's good for our world of chess because I firmly believe that any subculture is more healthy when you have a good balance of males and females. And it's funny because, um, well, like we're here at the National Denker Barber in uh, Ruth Hearing uh, National Girls Tournament of Champions just finished up. And you could see the boys were definitely liking the girls being there and in the girls. We created a meet and greet for these players because two NGTOC representatives came to us four years ago and said, we've been playing for three years and we've never met each other. And I said, oh, that is so tragic. I said, why? They said, because we don't have any social or any downtime. And that's how the meet and greet came about. So now at every one of these events, we have some kind of either pizza party or one hour, no coaches, no parents allowed, just players where they get together and they meet. No adult interaction. We just let them 
get to know one another for one hour. And do you know, this time, let's just put it this way. We had to kick them out because they, we had to tell them their rounds were about to start. Yeah, I was there, Maureen. You let me snake in because you thought some of the kids might want to meet me. Oh, yeah, I they got, did. I got corralled. The first, I was there for like about five minutes and some of the some of the kids asked me if I would um, wear a blindfold and play <laughs> bullet chess. So be, so I, I'm sitting there, I'm playing bullet chess. What? That's one minute. But I'm blindfolded and another kid is making the moves for me. Oh, funny. And so the first game I like, I'm playing, you know, I'm playing great chess and playing like really good moves, you know, and the, the guy's like, you just lost some time because I'm wearing a blindfold so I can't see my clock. Okay. So the next game I say, okay, let's play again. But this time there's a new rule. If anybody makes an illegal move, illegal move, uh, it, they lose because, okay, it's like, it's easy to make moves it if you don't know if they're a real, a real move or not, but now it's going to be real chess. And so we did it again and I won. <laughs> so I taught the kids something. So, oh, so that's what the big crowd was over that one table. Wow, that was funny. It was really wonderful. And of course, you know, the cool thing is that there's a National Girls Tournament of Champions with Martha Samadashvili one from New York, very strong player and really nice girl. And the other big news was that Emily Nguyen from Texas was a Denker co-champion. So she's the second girl in history to win the Denker. Abby Marshall from Virginia being the first. Well, we were actually just talking about this because it seems like the female players are getting younger and younger, the ones that are winning. We started these girls club room four years ago. And I'm wondering, is there a connection? I don't know. Well, I think the growth of girls and women in chess is definitely connected to efforts of lots of people, but... You um, play a major role, Maureen, and I think a lot of times good ideas, they're synchronized. So, you know, the Karen's Cup, for instance, just started a year ago, um, named after Dr. Jeannie Sinkfield. And it seems that this has just become like a hot thing. Like people, they realize the importance of bringing more girls and women into chess at all levels, growing the base. And then in the case of something like the Karen's Cup, the elite level, the top players, the Irina crushes, the Jennifer Hughes. By the way, shout out to Jennifer, who is just the most down-to-earth cool girl and came out here to give the opening simul at the Denker Barber and NGTOC. And we had a special guest there. Dwayne Barber arranged for Minnie Mouse mm -hmm. to play. And interestingly enough, Minnie Mouse was not that bad of a chess player. <laughs> she surprised all of us. Speaking of which, I finally um, coerced you into your first chess lesson recently. Tell me what you thought of it. I was scared. <laughs> Like all I could say is I had a lot of eyes on our table. As soon as you and I sat down, there were many cameras on us. Here's the thing. I am like so many adult females out there that love that may love to play. I love to play chess. Am I good? No, but I still love to play the game. If I had time and had a coach and studied, I think I I think I could do a lot better. But right now I've just enjoyed just for the pure enjoyment of it. I know the basic moves and when I was playing against you, I really enjoyed it because to me, you have to focus. I mean you just it's strategy. It's like life. You you know, every move you make you gotta realize it's no different than making decisions. That's what I love about the game of chess. You just apply it from the board to your decision making. And that's why I, maybe that's why I like the game so much. I was interviewed by Forbes magazine about business and chess. And one of the things I mentioned was that chess, especially for a busy woman like yourself, a businesswoman and a busy woman, <laughs> is that you are able to completely turn things off. 
shut it off. You know, all the distractions, all the text messages and the phone calls. And like, this is your time to give your brain um, a total, it's kind of like the opposite of meditation, but it's also meditation. So you're only thinking about chess and how beautiful is that? You don't have to think about anything else. And I think that's exactly why I love playing the game because now I can really focus and concentrate on my moves and five moves ahead in addition to that. And yes, it can be tiring, especially for somebody that's, you know, still learning the game, you know, in the process. But I I love the process of it. I always have. And I, I admire people like yourself and Jennifer Yu and all these grandmasters that just have done it for so long and just know I love I uh, you know I've loved learning it's my husband that actually got me into all of this because the history behind me is I did not want to be a chess widow and I ended up coming with my husband then to the first um, meeting with the uh, with the uh, at the federation delegates meeting in Cherry Hill this was oh gosh was around 10 years ago, maybe or so, and uh, immediately got recruited and uh, onto the women's committee to help out. And um, the rest is history. This has not been me. This has been a whole village. It's just been a lot of support from everywhere. It's really great to see it, uh, to see it grow as, um, you know, so many organizers across the country are really picking up the, the baton and hosting regional events and camps. If you go to our U.S. Uh, Chess Women event page, you'll see a lot of those camps and events that are lined up. And of course, this $100,000 grant we got from the St. Louis Chess Club was extremely helpful in funneling money to some of these great organizers who want to do even more for women in chess. And oh. so I'm totally thrilled. I was totally blown away when I found out. I, I, we certainly were not expecting anything of that nature. And we can't thank the St. Louis Chess Club enough and for Rex and Jeannie's support and wanting to see women and girls grow. That's what's so cool and so exciting to see. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. You know, Maureen, it's just, it's, it's really great to work with you. And I'm so excited you're part of this crazy chess world. <laughs> For, for better and worse. And uh, of course, if you want to find out more about um, the women's initiative, you can go to uschesswomen.org and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, which Maureen still hasn't signed up for, which is a shame because I know every single one of our posts would get another like and retweet. So <laughs> I got to get you on there just, just to do that. You got to bring out. me up on technology or I'm a little old school. <laughs> but seriously, I think it's very inspiring. Those of you who are successful in the business world, I think you can really... Um, relate to Maureen's concepts here that think about what makes you successful in life and business and think about potential chess players as clients. Great way to look at it. Thank you so much, Maureen. Oh, well, thank you, Jennifer, for having me. If you like this episode of Ladies Night, be sure to check out all of our podcasts at US Chess, including Cover Stories with Chess Life and One Move at a Time. You can find all archive podcast episodes on the tag podcast in our U.S. Chess news section. And if listening to this motivates you to make a donation to U.S. Chess Women and our initiative to bring more girls and women into the game, no amount is too small or too large. So please consider making a donation on our website. Thank you very much. Now according to Sockfish got it all wrong After slightly advantage I had nothing But my dear Capablanco 
Victory.